What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to Plazon's podcast, filled with glitchy analysis and freezing cold takes so cold that they're boiling hot. Today's podcast is proudly sponsored by Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. Check out their website for takeout and delivery deals right now. They've got a great special. Get a large one-topping pizza for just $7.99. Thank you so much to Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. Now today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the divisional round of the playoffs. We're going to be making some awesome predictions. Next, we're doing our very first Q&A. We took some questions from our loyal listeners, and we're going to get them answered all today, and they're all about college football. And last but not least, we have the return of the mighty, the powerful, Plaisance Locks. Let's get into the divisional round of the playoffs. First game up on the schedule, we've got the Chiefs versus Jaguars. Now look, the two best players in this game belong to the Chiefs. They're Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think Jacksonville is way too young and inexperienced to even know that they don't belong in this game. This reminds me of the 2018 Jaguars when they went up against Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and Bill Belichick with Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Fournette, and Blake Bortles. But instead of Tom Brady and his lack of weapons that season, it's the most talented quarterback of all time, the greatest tight end of all time, and one of the best offensive coaches in the history of football. I think the Chiefs are going to handle business early and win this game 38-24. to Next up, we've got the Giants versus Eagles Saturday night. Now, the number one question in this game is, can Jalen Hurts play without any limitations? He hurt his left shoulder a few weeks ago, and he has been out for two games and played a very limited game versus the Giants in the last week of the regular season. Now, the Eagles did have a bye week to start the playoffs, But if the answer is yes, that he can play without limitations, then I expect an Eagles blowout. But if not, which I expect that this is the case, then I'm guessing it's going to be a pretty close game and it's going to be late. And it's going to be close late. Brian Dable is too crafty. That Giants front seven is good enough to capitalize on a limited Hurts. That being said, I still have the Eagles winning late 27 to 20. Now, Bengals versus Bills, the first game on Sunday. I think the Bills, specifically Josh Allen, have been coming down off the hype from the beginning of this season. They've won eight in a row, but I don't respect the competition in those eight games. Their best win in that period was against the Lions in a last-second win, and the Lions missed the playoffs this year. Now, on the other hand, the Bengals are missing three of their starting offensive linemen, which I think is key, okay? Jonah Williams was just ruled out today. I'm not sure who I like better. I really don't have a strong prediction about this game, but my gut says to take the better quarterback, and right now, in my opinion, the better quarterback is Joe Burrow. Final score, 24-23. to Bengals win with a last-second field goal from their ballsy kicker, McPherson. Last but certainly not least, we've got the Cowboys versus 49ers. To me, the 49ers have the best roster in football, top to bottom. If we're talking blowouts, I think this is one of the most likely games to be a blowout. Dak Prescott is not good enough to win a game against the best defense in football, especially when they're going to take away the running game. Kyle Shanahan has been masterful in keeping Brock Purdy confident and enough to make good plays throughout an entire game multiple times. I don't see that changing this time. 
Final score, 34-17 49ers. Okay, this is a first right here. Let's take some questions. Let's talk college football. I took some questions today from some loyal listeners, and if you have any questions yourself that you want answered by yours truly, please leave some comments below in our YouTube video or on TikTok. I will be more than happy to answer them. Our first question, will there be a Pac-12 team in the playoff next year? I think there is a 100% chance that a Pac-12 team will be in next season, and I think that team will be USC. In just one year, USC under Lincoln Riley went from 4-8 and eight to 11-3. and three. Now, with Caleb Williams returning off a Heisman season, I think they're poised for a great team. Plus, they did all this without their star wide receiver and former Bolitnikoff winner, Jordan Addison. So I'm buying a ton of USC stock. I'm buying a ton, a ton of USC stock next season. They have five tough games this upcoming year against Notre Dame, Oregon, UCLA, Washington, and Utah. But I think all five teams did not improve enough to compete with how USC did so far this offseason. I think that USC has a tremendous chance to get in. They have one of the most explosive offenses in the entire country, and they're going to dominate the Pac-12 next year. Our second question from our listeners. What are my early Heisman predictions? Here are my top five Heisman finalists for next season. It's way too early to predict this, but here I go. First up, Caleb Williams, the only good candidate from this past season. Drake May from North Carolina. He's going to put up insane numbers in a weak ACC conference with Clemson getting worse. Third, Jordan Travis at FSU. More of the same, the same reasons that I had for Drake May I have for Jordan Travis. I think that FSU is going to make a ton of noise this upcoming season, and Travis can have another massive year like he did this past season. Fourth, now this is kind of a dark horse candidate, Joe Milton from Tennessee. This guy has a hand cannon strapped to his shoulder. I think that he'll be better than Hendon Hooker, and that's a freezing cold take so cold that it's boiling hot. Now, last but not least, is truly a freezing cold take. We're talking negative, like 50 degrees Celsius. We're talking zero Kelvin, literally no movement within this take. Bo Nix at Oregon. After the Georgia game, Bo Nix tore the Pac-12 up, and I think he can do it again. Now, this is all going to come down to the Oregon-USC game. If Bo Nix can win that game, he for sure will be in New York next year at the end of the season. All right, moving on. Third question, will Auburn make a bowl game? Let's take a look at the schedule. I think Auburn has five gimme games on their schedule. UMass, Cal, Samford, Vanderbilt, and New Mexico State. I expect Auburn to go 5-0 and in those games. If they lose one, flip the red alert on. We're going DEFCON 3. There's no chance that Auburn could be a functional football program in the SEC and lose one of those games. It's all going to come down to whether or not Auburn can beat Ole Miss, Arkansas, or Mississippi State. Now, my answer to this question is yes, they can. I think that Tank Bigsby is the best running back in the SEC, and he's going to carry this team to at least one victory out of those three games. 
that'll put Auburn at at least six and six, and you will 1,000% guarantee that Auburn's getting a bowl game next year. If I had to guess, Auburn finishes the season either six and six or seven and five. Book it. All right, fourth question from our listeners. Can you give us a Colorado record prediction? I 1,000% can. There's one thing and one thing only that's guaranteed with the buff season next year. That's an uphill battle. Let's look at some of the winnable games that I think they've got on the schedule. Nebraska, Colorado State, Arizona State, Arizona, and Stanford are all winnable. And because Colorado brought in Deion Sanders and he brought in a really good coaching staff and a lot of good transfers, I think Colorado has a chance to win four of those five. But I don't think they have a chance of beating TCU, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, Washington State, or Utah, or USC. That's seven games that I don't think they have a chance of winning. So all in all, I think they either finish four and eight or five and seven. It's not a bad year, and it's definitely an improvement from last season. I do think they're going to be extremely competitive in a lot of those unwinnable games, but come the second half of most of those games, I don't think that Colorado has the talent, the coaching, or the experience to compete with those top-tier teams in the Pac-12. So Colorado, 4-8, and 5-7. and seven. If the win total is around 4.5, that's tough. I'd probably take the under on that. Now, fifth question. Is this Nick Saban's first-ever rebuild rather than reload year? Now, let's qualify. A rebuild is taking a program from bare bones and building them into a contender. A reload is just taking a contender and making it a contender for the next season. Now, while I think a rebuild at Alabama versus a rebuild at like Texas Tech looks extremely different, I do think Alabama has about a dozen questions to answer. For starters, who is quarterback one? And will there be a QB competition? Is Jace McClellan good enough to be a bell cow back? Will the same wide receiver core be much improved to start the year and help a new quarterback? Because regardless of who is the quarterback, it's going to be a new one. Who's going to fill Will Anderson's spot on the defense? And et cetera, et cetera. One thing I do like about this team is the amount of national champions left on this roster are few and far between. To have so many players as a collective have that pressure of capturing a ring in a storied school like Alabama because they'll be one of the only classes to not. And that's a huge motivating factor. I love the return of Seth McLaughlin, J.C. Latham, and Tim Brown. I think this will be one of the most physical Alabama teams that we've seen in the Saban era. Not to mention one of the most electrifying and lockdown corners in college football in Kool-Aid McKinstry. This will not be a heavy favorite Alabama team, but I think that's where Nick Saban does his best work when Alabama is out of the major media conversation. I predict Alabama gets back on top of the SEC and wins the national title. Now our last, but certainly not least question, who is most likely to be the TCU team this upcoming season? So qualifications, a team that's predicted to not do so well with a first-year head coach like Sonny Dykes. Now, this sounds insane to say, but I think it's Nebraska under new head coach Matt Rule. Before his NFL disaster, 
Rule was responsible for two massive-slash-fast rebuilds at both Baylor and Temple. I think being around young players is what Rule loves about coaching, and what he has now more than ever is an extremely supportive fan base and an excellent, excellent, wealthy booster board. Outside of the Michigan game, Nebraska has very winnable games throughout their entire schedule. Combine that with their improving recruiting class and transfer rankings, and you might have lightning in a bottle with this Nebraska team. I predict that they're going to go 9-3. and three. TCU, to me this year, was an absolute fluke. I mentioned this in my college football SmackDown episode. They went 8-0 and against teams with less than 8 wins, but they won those games by a combined 12 points and had four one-score games. That doesn't happen every year. I think Nebraska will probably drop a couple of those one-score games, but they will probably be the most surprising team that is not expected to do well with a first-year head coach. Nebraska Cornhuskers, good luck next season. Thanks so much for all my listeners who put in some questions today. It's much appreciated. Be sure to leave a subscribe, a follow, a comment, etc., etc., on our Spotify, YouTube, or TikTok. Thank you guys all so much. It's been a great journey so far. And last but certainly not least, we are getting in to my favorite part, the greatest part. Just overall, cannot be debated the best part of this show, Plaisant's Locks. Now, these aren't locks per se, but I'm throwing out some lobs tonight, and I'm hoping they get slammed down with authority. First is a college basketball parlay, and second is a divisional round parlay, okay? College basketball. We've got Kansas in an alternate spread, minus three versus TCU. Kansas is coming off that huge upset versus Kansas State. That was a massive loss for Kansas. I think they rebound and beat TCU tonight. They're playing back in their own arena. I love home favorites in college basketball. Kansas minus three versus TCU. Now, these other two that I've got are just straight up money line. UCLA versus Arizona, who has dropped three Pac-12 games. Can't be doing that in the Pac-12. And Iowa State money line versus Oklahoma State. I don't buy this Oklahoma State team at all. I love Iowa State this year. They've been playing insane outside of just one really weird loss to Iowa. Iowa State has been playing phenomenal basketball. So those three picks, Kansas minus three, UCLA money line, Iowa State money line will get you plus 460. A hundred bucks wins you 460. Slam it. It's a lock. Now my second parlay, divisional round NFL playoff games. All of these are alternate spreads, safe plays. These are what I view as locks. Kansas City minus three and a half versus Jacksonville. They're winning the game. The question is just how many points. I don't know if it's nine. I definitely know it's more than three. Minus three and a half for the Chiefs. The Eagles minus two and a half versus the Giants. Like I said earlier, I think the Eagles win late regardless of whether or not Jalen Hurts is healthy or not. I do think they they win by more than a field goal, though. So I take two and a half as a good safe play. The Cincinnati Bengals plus ten and a half versus Buffalo. I think the Cincinnati is going to win this game, but to play it safe, they are five and a half point dogs. I doubled it basically to ten and a half, so we could play it safe. I know this game is not going to be a blowout. Cincinnati plus ten and a half. Last but certainly not least, I think the 49ers are going to blow the Cowboys out of the water. But hey, Vegas knows for a reason. 
The 49ers are only minus three and a half favorites. I don't know if I like that. I'm going to take the 49ers money line versus Dallas. All four of those put together, you've got Kansas City minus three and a half, Philadelphia minus two and a half, the Bengals plus 10 and a half, and the 49ers money line. You've got plus 283. 100 bucks wins you $283. Book it. Slam it. We're going to have a great weekend this week. I hope that everybody has an awesome weekend. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Plizant's podcast, and we'll see you next time.